Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, and we've got the general manager, of the Cleveland Browns, Andrew Barry, set to join us in a couple minutes. So fired up. Look, I've said it a couple times on Twitter and here on the show this offseason. I think it's time to start talking about Super Bowl and the Cleveland Browns. I think they have a Super Bowl caliber roster. I will ask Andrew if he agrees momentarily. Please check out the show on social media, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. In fact, anybody that engages with the show in any way on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I don't care. Like, retweet, quote, tweet. I see it all. And you're eligible to win a signed picture or press pass from this past season. I've got the AFC Championship game one still as well. All you have to do is engage on social media or at Ross Tucker Pod, which is the social media handle for all of the different shows. We've been on fire, by the way. All of our shows are the best 30 minutes of on-demand content you can find, either audio, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL if you want to watch the show or if you just want to see the highlight clips of some of the other shows. Steve Fezzik was amazing going through the schedule Yesterday on the Even Money podcast, we had Warren Sharp, who is the single, I mean, he works for like half the teams now, going through the schedule and equities on Monday's Ross Tucker football podcast. Last week, we had Michael North from the NFL, who does the scheduling, and Matt Nagy from the Bears. And before that, Mike Parson, Micah Parsons, the first round pick for the Cowboys. At any rate, just make sure you subscribe. It's 30 minutes. Three times a week in the offseason, five times a week during the season, we get you the 30 minutes of football knowledge you need every single day. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Well, as promised, we are joined now by the general manager of the Cleveland Browns coming off an excellent first campaign there in Cleveland, Andrew Barry. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on the show. Ross, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So, obviously, there's a lot of positivity going around in Cleveland right now, and rightfully so after you guys got to the divisional round, you won a playoff game. 
Unfortunately, though, I have to start today's show, or at least the interview with you, with two really poor decisions on your part. Okay, Andrew. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, so, so first of all, why Harvard over Princeton? Just so people know, okay, Andrew and his twin brother both got recruited by all the Ivy Leagues. Adam and what? His twin brother, Adam, went to Princeton, my alma mater. Andrew went to Harvard. Why would you ever choose to go to the second best school in the country when you could have gone to the number one ranked school in the world for the last 10 years in U.S. News or World Report? You know what, Ross? I'm already regretting coming on the show. I was going <laughs> to give you a second chance. Like, you know, I think you can always tell about people based on their life decisions. I was like, no, nah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a chance. I mean, it's, it's one mistake going to Princeton. And I'm already uh, regretting that decision as we as we see here this morning. But um, in all honesty, um, yeah, my brother went to Princeton. No, it was a, a great university. For us, we just kind of had, you know, different interests, football, school coming out. And, um, you know, Harvard was the right fit for me. It was an incredible blessing in my life. Met my um, my wife there, um, and then, you know, playing football there and, and the opportunities that afforded me after graduation were just, were, were fantastic. And, um, quite honestly, I wouldn't have thought about going to an Ivy league school if it weren't for football. Um, and, uh, it's one of the biggest blessings of my life today. So in all sincerity though, uh, that had to be an interesting decision for you and your twin to not go to the same school. I guess I'm just curious about that sort of life dynamic mm -hmm. and, did you think you were going to go to the same place? Was it tough to go to different places? Or did you always kind of want to branch out and do your own thing? I think that's really interesting. Yeah, we, we actually always wanted to go to, to separate schools. Now, if it worked out that it was the best fit for both of us to be at the same college, we wouldn't have pushed back against it. But for us, you know, growing up as twins, you're always thought of as a, as a pair. Um, and for Adam and I, we really wanted – just kind of like our own independence. Like we really did make decisions independently growing up. And I think that's also just a credit to my, to my mom and my dad, because even though we were always thought of a unit, they didn't necessarily raise us as you know, a unit. They didn't dress us alike or, you know, you know, things along those nature uh, or along those lines, excuse me. And so for us, you know, going separate ways really wasn't an issue. Uh, probably the funny thing is a lot of the schools, we did have a fair amount of overlap in terms of the schools that recruited us. And I think, you know, many of the staffs thought that was a little bit lip service. They thought if they got one, they would get they would get the other. Um, but we really were comfortable just kind of, you know, making our own decisions the best for us. I know we were we were both ultimately happy with our college choices. Yeah, well, obviously you went on to have an awesome career then, and you've been a part of the NFL for a long time since then. The Colts, the Eagles, among the teams you've worked for. The other thing, though, that I just saw a couple weeks ago. That is a huge red flag for me. Is it true that you had a baby the day <laughs> of the draft? <laughs> that is that is true, and uh, I think you're right to question decision making on, uh, on on that one. I tell you what, it was a very memorable draft weekend. Um, you know, certainly poor planning on our part, but uh, we welcomed our first daughter into the world. Her name's Eden Ruth. Um, she's a huge blessing. Uh, her brothers are slowly but surely uh, getting acclimated to having a, a newborn in the house. I would say our oldest um, is is doing a really nice job, and our now new middle child um, is a little bit of a work in progress. But uh, we're, we're we're incredibly blessed and, and thankful that she's uh, she's happy, healthy, and now in our lives. 
All right, so you've been in the NFL for a long time now. You know when the draft is. Become a GM. I mean, to me, where, where is the planning? Where, where is the th- – like, I that's a red flag. I mean, if you were evaluating a GM candidate, you'd be like, this guy has a baby to play in the first round of the draft? <laughs> Definitely questionable decision-making, Ross. I would say that um, as uh, planned as, as I try to be in, our, in my professional life, uh, probably not quite to the same standard all the time in the in the personal life, but it ends up being it ended up being a really nice story and uh, and working out really nicely and um, you know we're super thankful to to have Eden with us. Well, congratulations, man! I'm obviously I think you know and and all the listeners and viewers know I'm obviously just kidding. It's tremendous, uh, it's amazing, and I can tell you um, our planning for our second daughter was not uh, not exactly what we had in the game plan um, in terms of having our daughters be 17 months apart. Um, so, that, that was interesting when I'm holding the eight-month-old and find out we're having another one uh, pretty soon. So, um, so Ross, I'm going to I'm gonna have to, to share this because you brought that up. So I'll tell you this. Our first, our oldest, was born literally the Sunday of the 2017 season opener. So we have, we have a history of this type of decision-making. Our second, they're 18 months apart, so we were we were similar to you. And then obviously our third was on uh, on the first night of the draft. So, um, you know, our uh, our decision making certainly is questionable in that in that regard. <laughs> so, um, congratulations, by the way, man, that's amazing. I saw the picture, so cool. Uh, and I have obviously some Browns questions, but before I get to the Browns question, I did want to ask you one thing. I think I read somewhere maybe shortly after you got the Browns GM job, did you say that you believe Howie Roseman is the best GM in the NFL? And if you said that, uh, why? Why do you feel that way? Yeah, I I do. And I feel fortunate to have worked for Howie um, for a year in Philadelphia. I just think Howie's skill set, the breadth, like I think anyone who's been in a general manager's position or been close to a general manager's position has probably an appreciation for just the breadth of responsibilities that are on a general manager's plate. I think oftentimes the role is just viewed as like, hey, you know, just, you know, go pick players in the draft. And really uh, the responsibilities are just a lot broader. And I think with Howie, very smart, you know, good with people, highly strategic. And he's a guy who knows, you know, uh, college scouting, pro scouting, contract management, research and strategy. Um, day-to-day operations and I think it's just it's it's hard to acquire all those skills and it's hard to find individuals that are highly competent across all those football operations domains and I think also just like his track record of decision making you know throughout his time in the job um, does speak for itself look no general manager is going to be especially for over a long course of time going to be you know have a banner year every every season um, but I think, you know, you look at Howie's track record and his skills. He's a guy that I certainly hold in, in, in very high regard. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do the Eagles preseason mm-hmm. games and stuff, and uh, he's a guy that is kind of, you know, getting a lot of criticism mm-hmm. right now. So I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you, because I think it's uh, sometimes people need to be reminded yep. that, uh, the, that other people like you hold him in such high regard. Well, I, I certainly – hold you in high regard uh, based on what you've done so far in Cleveland. And I guess the first question I have there would be, 
I've said this looking at your roster the last couple months. I've said it uh, Cleveland Radio here on, on my show. I really believe that you guys have a Super Bowl caliber roster and that it's time to, to talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Super Bowl in the same sentence and to not be afraid of that. Would you agree? I think number one, every all thirty-two teams, their goal is to is to win the Super Bowl and, and build a team capable of doing that. You know, for us internally, we don't necessarily think of it in that light, Ross. You know, our perspectives we, we're excited about the guys that we've added to the team and the guys that we that we're going to enter uh, the offseason program and summer training camp with. But at the same time, our mindset has largely been all right. Let's control what we can control on a daily basis work hard, get up to speed in our offense and defensive systems, um, show improvement. And if we take care of the little things, when we look up in December, January, February, you know, we're, we'll be pleased where, um, you know, where we've ended up. But we really try and keep a much narrower focus um, you know, because at the end of the day, like I think everybody's very optimistic at this point in the year. And you know, each season really is unique. Each season's unique. You, you know, we're, we're certainly excited about the talent that we have on the team. But it takes preparation, hard work, and then a little bit of luck along the way, you know, ultimately to reach the, uh, you know, the top prize. You know, it's funny because I think some listeners will hear you say that and say, okay, that's kind of a cliche, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say in all sincerity, like as a guy in the media, mm-hmm. I can look at your roster and say, man, I don't see a lot of holes. I think they got a really good roster. I think they're a Super Bowl caliber roster. But I can also speak to it when you're actually in it, yeah. you really don't look at it that way. No. I mean, like you you really do look at like today, you're looking at guys that you could sign, you know, as tryout guys. You're looking yeah. at other areas in the roster. You could it just it doesn't benefit you to look at it or talk about it in that way. Yeah, I, I think that's hundred percent right, Ross. And I think the I think the other piece is, you know, rosters, teams will change a lot over the next, what is it, May, over the next seven or seven or eight months. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell people, like, you always plan something out a certain way in the spring. But it, to me, it, it rarely ever plays out, you know, 100% of the way that you would design it. You, get, you really get surprises in, in both directions. And so I think part of it is just, you know, I think a lot of people in the NFL who have, you know, been through enough seasons and been through enough cycles just realize how humbling of a sport and hum- humbling of a profession that we work in. Um, so really there's nothing that you can take for granted. And that's why ultimately we focus on what we can control. Um, are there areas still that you feel like you need or could upgrade on the roster going into training camp? Ab- absolutely. Um, and without necessarily going to the specifics here and, and it, in fairness, it's probably a mindset that, that, you know, we really hold year round because roster building personnel work really is 365 days a year and we'll always look to add competition add depth you know because you know the reality is like the needs that you may or may not have today um they could change as you know as quickly as tomorrow you know with you know with an injury or some other unfortunate circumstance or even quite honestly um you know with improvement from a player that you wouldn't typically expect so we're we're constantly on the search for talent to add to the 90-man roster um, and we want to go into August with as deep of a team as we as we could possibly have. Uh, one of the big things going on, obviously, in Cleveland is, you know, Baker Mayfield. The year he had, I was not surprised knowing Kevin Stefanski. Um, I kind of thought Baker would end up having a good year. 
I'm sure you get asked about it a lot. I know you guys were one of the first teams. You might have been the first team to pick up the fifth-year option mm-hmm. on guys. I think you guys were the first team. Was there anything yeah. – was there a statement made by being the first team to pick up the fifth-year option, or did it just work out that way? You know, I, I'd like to say that it was a proactive statement, but it, it really just worked out that way. We we obviously felt comfortable with, with Baker, have felt comfortable with Baker for – a long period of time, as well as Denzel Ward, who we also picked up, you know, on the same day. Um, you know, Baker over the past year has shown an enormous amount of growth. I think that's both on the field um, and then quite honestly off the field as well. So we are excited. He's, you know, going into his first offseason where coaching staff, the offensive system is exactly the same, not to mention that there's been very little turnover on the offensive side of the ball. And we're excited about him continuing to make strides under Kevin's tutelage, you know, in this offense because we think he's a very talented player. Uh, think he's very skilled, and um, you know, he really embodies you know the characteristics that we want within our program. So we're excited about you know his potential this uh, this upcoming year, and he's he's been hard at work this entire offseason. You know, you you referenced earlier. I asked you about Howie Roseman, and mm-hmm. you talked about. Uh, the high esteem you have for him and holding him in high regard. One of the things that he's done a lot over the years is when they have a player, a young player, they try to extend them early, really as early as any team in the league. Is that something that you are taking with you to Cleveland? And is that something you try to get done with Baker this summer before the season starts? No, it's a fair question, Ross. And without, you know, I do have, you know, a typical, um, policy that I won't speak on specific contracts in you know in the media in this setting, but I, I, I think it is fair to say that that is an approach that we believe in in terms of um, you know identifying you know pillar guys and and, and trying to retain them as, as soon as we can. Now that being said, each situation um, truly is you know truly is unique, um, but you know we do want to get into a habit of of rewarding our own and um, you know uh, uh, identifying those guys those guys are really no different than we did with, um, you know, Miles Garrett last year. We did that with Kareem Hunt last year. So I think that that's something that you'll see more often with not than not within our organization. But that being said, it's not a one size fits all approach. Um, we will, we will deal, deal with it on an individual basis. Um, you know, I guess however you answer this, people are going to extrapolate it to, to what you just said about Baker, but is is there a cautionary tale with the trades of Wentz and Goff this offseason and the contracts that they signed after their third year? I mean, on some level, right, those have to be data points. You take into mm-hmm. account that these teams did these contracts early and then it didn't really work out the way they thought it would. You know, I don't I think it's maybe a bit too strong to call them cautionary tales because I truly do believe each individual and then um, each individual's situation based on the circumstances that are going on in their environment or their organization um, are different. You know, obviously it's something that, that we're aware of and, and obviously I'm particularly aware of it just, you know, with, you know, with Carson. Um, but I would, I would be hesitant to maybe over extrapolate, extrapolate perhaps what happened with, you know, with those two individuals, you know, for maybe broader implications um, you know, moving forward. So I, I guess maybe the, the short way to say it is, is so certainly something we're aware of, but, um, you know, we'll make the decisions that we think are appropriate, you know, with our guys, you know, based on the data that we have on hand. 
Andrew, last question. Um, I'm just curious. Did you play against Stefanski? Like, did you have any relationship with him before you guys started to work together? Because it's funny. I He came up to me before a game I was calling one time and introduced himself. And so we made the Ivy League connection there. Kind of similar how you and I did it mm -hmm. at Eagles training camp a couple of years ago. Had you guys, I'm sure you've been enough places. Had you guys made that connection years ago or was it kind of your first time being together? So we, we didn't play against uh, one another. Kevin's Kevin, I think we might have missed each other by maybe a year or two. He's a little bit older than I am. Um, in terms of a previous relation, we really got to know each other uh, after the 2019 coaching search here in Cleveland, um, you know, where he was, you know, he was one of the finalists. Um, got to know him during the interview process. And then we, we really stayed in touch from that point forward uh, and, and really just kind of developed a, a good friendship. So that was really actually helpful um, you know, when we were both going through the interview process here in uh, 2020. And it did create a level of familiarity before you know, we, we got into these roles and started working together. And quite honestly, Ross, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I think, you know, Kevin's a great guy. He's super smart, um, very genuine, and he has a great sense of humor. And you spend so much time together, GM, head coach, relationship, you spend so much time together on a, on a daily basis. Um, that it's it's great when you have someone that you genuinely enjoy being around and um, you have a lot of fun at work with. Uh, you know, because look, these are hard, stressful jobs, and um, when you feel like you have a true partner, um, you know, in the building, it, it it certainly makes it a lot better. Andrew, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me, Ross. I appreciate you. Really enjoyed talking with Andrew Barry. Uh, I knew I would. And it's funny. He's good. He really is good. Like, he can't come out and say, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl or and stuff like that. I think he's very impressive in the sense that I thought they were notable answers without necessarily saying things that would make headlines. But, you know, the Baker contract stuff. Uh, I thought the funniest stuff was when I questioned his decision-making about the baby at the start. Speaking, by the way, and I was obviously joking. I think most of you know that. Speaking of questionable decision-making, how are some of you still going to airports or hotels without using a VPN, like ExpressVPN? Brian, my producer, is in a hotel right now using ExpressVPN right now because using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door, which by the way, when I was like in seventh and eighth grade, my high school took all the doors off the stalls. I remember distinctly sitting on the toilet, doing my business in seventh grade and in came the 6'4", 225 pound senior captain tight end. He looked over at me and just laughed and kept walking. That was bad. That was a bad feeling. That's what it's like to not have ExpressVPN. Don't be like little Rossi sitting on the john getting made fun of by the senior captain. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Tucker today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Tucker you can get an extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash Tucker. That's a true story. My mom actually went to the principal 
and said, "What is going? Why, why don't we have doors on the stalls?" And I guess people were going in there and graffiti or smoking or whatever. So I had to I had to poop in public. Anyway, we should probably move on now. ExpressVPN.com slash Tucker. Tuck takes. Hey, Ross, biggest moves since Monday morning belong to the Philadelphia Eagles. They signed veteran pass rusher Ryan Kerrigan, one year, $3.5 million. They also traded a 2023 sixth-round pick for cornerback Josiah Scott from Jacksonville. Right. You're not going to comment on the seventh-grade poop story? Oh, everybody's got one of those. Really? Everybody, yeah. Did yeah, your yeah. high school well, not the, have doors? The, I mean, my stalls? fraternity house in college uh, didn't have doors. And I don't know if it was for that reason or if there was somebody just decided it would be funny to take them off. But I think every, every everywhere that uh, somebody has gone, they have been in that situation. You know what's funny now is uh, now that you think – now that you say that, I remember being at my buddy's fraternity at Penn State and they didn't have – they didn't have doors on the stalls. And I think there were multiple reasons why they didn't want doors on the stalls in a fraternity house in college. But I remember it was like, what was actually weird then, Bri, is how normal it was. Right. Like you would just talk to the guy while he was <laughs> taking a dump. Like he's just sitting there and you just like have a conversation and it was totally normal. Um, you know, let's talk Eagles. There's no real good transition there. The Eagles are trying to make sure they're not doo-doo this, this year. I, I said this on Twitter. I'll say it again here, at Ross Tucker NFL. I thought that was a statement signing by the Eagles. And there are people, Brian, that are like, oh, yeah, statement what? Like that they're going to be washed up like Kerrigan's washed up? First of all, I said this on Monday. Hard to explain in words how much respect I have for Ryan Kerrigan. 156 out of 160 possible starts over the last 10 years. Are you kidding me? I mean, he's played through broken hands, all kinds of things, for what has been usually a terrible team, or at least not good and dysfunctional in Washington. So much respect for that guy. But here's why I think it's a statement move. The Eagles have been pretty open about the fact that this is a transition year. New head coach, new quarterback. They take a lot of salary cap pain this year. They have a lot of draft choices for 2022. But this signing is proof they are conceding nothing. Nothing. They still believe they can be competitive and win that division this year. I don't blame them. They're top 10 O-line, D-line in the NFL all day. Maybe top five. O-line and D-line in the NFL if you combine them. You have those two things, as long as your quarterback doesn't play horrible, you've got a legitimate chance. And they've made some other signings like Anthony Harris at safety or Eric Wilson at linebacker, but those were holes. They didn't have a hole at the end. They just think Kerrigan can help them win. They do have a hole at corner, which is why they traded for Josiah Scott, who was a fourth-round pick last year by the Jag. That's kind of a, a unique trade. And already trading in 2023. That's as far out as they'll let you go. Tuck Stakes. Speaking of the Jags, they cut running back Ryquel Armstead, who missed all of last year with complications from COVID. Right. And he got picked up, Bry, by the Giants off waivers. So Ryquel will get another opportunity. You know, I, this is the part where I remind everybody 
as a guy that got cut four times, traded once, IR once, PUP once, I think that's like hitting for the NFL journeyman cycle or transaction cycle. It's a tough, unsentimental business. I mean, the guy gets COVID, has issues with it, and then as soon as the Jags can cut him, bye-bye, see ya. I hope he's healthy now. I hope he goes to New York and and gets a spot because as far as I know, he's like the only NFL player that really, really struggled with COVID. Tucks takes. Uh, some other moves includes the Patriots signing quarterback Brian Hoyer again. Uh, Giants signing former wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin to play tight end. Bengals signing slot wide receiver and punt returner Taewon Taylor. And the Washington football team giving Morgan Moses permission to seek a trade. It's interesting that the Patriots sign Hoyer. I mean, you would think that they're just going to move on from Jarrett Stidham, that would mean. And that they want to have three quarterbacks. It's almost like... If Cam gets hurt and Mac Jones isn't ready, they want a guy in Hoyer. Or if Cam gets hurt and Mac Jones is the starter, they want a viable backup in Hoyer. But they have signed him. I'm sure one of the Patriots beat writers put it out, but they've signed him like five times. It's unbelievable how many times they've signed Brian Hoyer. Kelvin Benjamin certainly has the size. I mean, he is a big dude. Now, people say, well, who's he going to block? I got news for you. They're not going to ask him to block. And a lot of these tight ends hardly ever block. He's just going to be able to line up, attach the line of scrimmage, or split out. And he's big enough he can get people's way. But they want him to run routes against safeties and use his size. We'll see if that works out. The Bengals evidently needed a slot guy and really a punt returner. And Morgan Moses, yeah, Bri, that's interesting to me because he started like every game the last four or five years. I mean, he has been a stalwart for them up front. So for them to give him permission to seek a trade, they clearly want to move on after some of the other moves that they've made, including, you know, they go out and they draft Cosme, they sign Charles Leno. So I don't. I just don't think they want to pay Moses what he's due to make. I'm not sure somebody else will either. Seems to me like sort of like the Bears tackles or some of these other guys that Moses probably will end up getting cut. Speaking of getting cut, do not miss out on this chance to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured professional basketball game, the line will decrease by one point. If you're paying attention, Google it. Go on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. See how low the total is now. Like, it's free money if you hammer the over now. Free money. That's promo code Ross. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Speaking of DraftKings, they're launching, Bri, their best ball platform really soon i think this week or next week you can start to play best ball on the DraftKings app so joe dolan and i are going to give you some advice on especially the rookies but some of these unique quarterback situations as well on today's fantasy feast podcast please 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 subscribe if you haven't already however you listen to podcasts or youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl 
I always like to give some of our listeners that have businesses shout outs because they are patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.